I'm sitting there, I'm looking at DeerCast and I'm checking the hourly and it changed, you know, it changes hourly. Cause it's made it, up. Yes. It's made up. So it's a uh, made up hourly. <laughs> and <laughs> I just picture Mark and Terry back there like <laughs> with an abacus. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a big like super computer from the sixties. They're pushing, pushing lighted buttons. buttons. <laughs> They're arguing this about it. like a good. Boop. No, I said, it's a great. No, it's a good. <laughs> you can't feel like radar scope going around. Around. Yeah, so <laughs> this segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast powered by DeerCast. It's episode 181. <laughs> Audience, calm down, calm down. You calm down, you calm down. Lady in the back, stand. Uh, see him back there? Yeah. Okay. Hi. All right. It's titled Big Buck Down. You're Tim Chalsvik. Yeah, you're Matt Drury. And we're still here. <laughs> Today is the election day in America. And although this will probably air the day after the Tomorrow. election, we may not know the results by then. We may. Who knows? Definitely not great for the country, but... Uh, <clears throat> Hopefully. Well, no. You, you got to say, best. the best part about it is it is great for the country because you can vote. That's true. That's, that's great. It's it's very different than a lot of places in the world. Yes. The other great thing is that political ads are going away mm-hmm. after today. Hallelujah. I listened to one this morning that must be, it must have been written for people who have brain problems because it was well. so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> we don't say that word, Tim. Problems? Dumb. Oh, that's why I said brain problems. Yes. You just said the D word. So, mm-hmm. so we're, we're yeah. going to get emails. So, so that's, we did our part. You voted. I voted. I yeah. have the sticker. I prove it. I didn't take the sticker. I was afraid it had COVID on it. Uh, well, if you touch the pin, you already got it. So, I mean, that was silly. We are like, we did have a close call. With COVID, my wife came into contact with someone who had it. Thankfully, she did not get C. it. Man, it's... <laughs> so my wife had to quarantine for 14 days. She's still in, in the process of quarantining. Well, what are so, we doing? We're sitting three feet apart. What am I doing? Well, it's here? weird. They make such a distinction between people who are primary contacts and secondary. Like my kids can go to school, and but she tested negative, the hate so mail. she doesn't have it. <laughs> so if you get it, though, I guess you can thank me. Yeah, I will. Mm. Two two weeks off, right? During deer season? Heck yeah. There's a lot of guys in deer cast saying like, well, I just tested positive, so I'm going to go quarantine in the stand. Yeah. Although, listen, I know a guy, a friend that lives in the neighborhood, longtime friend, and he, he and his family got it. And everybody was pretty, it didn't really affect his family as much, but it affected him pretty badly and uh, he's you know he's on the mend but he's saying he's just 80 percent recovered and it's been probably three weeks or i mean yeah. so it look that's a whole different podcast that we, we won't we'll, put we'll out on 100 wild episode 182 why don't yeah we do yeah that? so uh, we've got some shout outs why don't we hit those right at the top all right the shout outs i'm gonna take the first one ryan noel on youtube podcast keeps me sane till my november 3rd rutcation starts thank you you're welcome, Ryan. And then Randall Martin on DeerCast says, Great podcast, guys. Absolutely love the soundboard. Matt, especially the fart one. <laughs> <laughs> we can end the show right now. I mean, that's the probably the bulk of content that you'll get listening to this episode. Yeah. Well, look, it's never going to get better. <laughs> no. In fact, it may get more diverse. I've asked for more kinds of farts. <laughs> so yep. This is it's, ridiculous. It's on our list. <laughs> I need more farts. 
I know there's loud, there's soft, there's light, there's hard. There's what I'll all probably kind. do is just Wet, get a microphone dry. and just carry it around me at my house because we'll have plenty of audio to sample. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> How about some featured dirt from Mossy Oak Properties? All right. You suck, Matt. That was not the one you I was meaning you know, to hit. We, we didn't talk. We didn't tease what we're actually going to be talking about on the show. We should probably do that. Because report our jobs. Yeah. All right. That's 100%. <laughs> we're going to talk about your buck. I actually shot one. Your big Illinois buck. Yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful deer. It was a cool hunt. And then the footage, like... The first night when we hunted there and we saw him, I just, it was very intense, very, very intense. And we just happened to get lucky and see him a second mm-hmm. afternoon in a row. And it was just as intense the second time. It so. made me nervous watching. So we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later. I also have a question about uh, a hunting property situation I'm facing right now and asking for I'm opinions. sure I could give you some poor advice. <laughs> All <wait>. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Good. The Mossy Oak Properties feature dirt. Very rarely do farms of this caliber come up for sale in Southeast Iowa, located in the heart of Big Buck Country and across from Soap Creek. This 114-acre farm has everything an outdoorsman could ask for. Current owners have managed the property since 2013 and have done a ton of improvements to the land. Property features roughly five acres of food plots that have been strategically located throughout the farms. Schedule your showing to Today by contacting certified land specialist Danny Fain at 518-588-4497. Google Mossy Oak Properties. Uh, you put the, you screwed me up here. Google Mossy Oak Properties 54378 or just click the link in the show notes. So Tim had Google Mossy Oak Properties, Mossy Oak Properties. He'll read anything that's in the teleprompter. Who put an I exclamation point in there? Anything. You're not a doucher. <laughs> That's true. But y'all don't say that. (laughs) So check the show notes if you're interested in Southeast uh, Iowa piece of property. All right. All right. So where do we begin? uh, Let's talk about your buck. All right. So I'm going to start off by saying I did not put the type of work and effort in for this whitetail that I would have normally done at say my lease or the river farm we hunt or. And that pretty, some pretty much summarizes the yes. hunt. So let's I, move on I'm to the next. Getting a bunch of crap on deer cast from old Bob, Bob at Bob, Bob, <laughs> because that, I'm. Was, you said Bob, Bob earlier. Is that really his handle? Well, that's what his handle is on, on deer cast. <laughs> I gotta go being, look him up. He's being mean to me, Tim. <laughs> well, I will take a note and I'll deal with it. <laughs> he needs a slide lapping on the hand. So, you know, so his point is that he sounds like he's a public land hunter and, um, that, and people like me ruined the state of Illinois. And true. even though I've hunted there for a long time and have paid a lot of money to hunt there over the years through license fees and habitat stamps and Doesn't tags matter. and never kill anything. Yeah. You're, you've <laughs> I mean, donated a lot. I have spent tons of money over there and never kill anything. I mean, I could count on one hand, literally how many deer I've killed and well, the very first deer I ever killed was in the state of Illinois yeah. at age 15. So since age 15 till now, I've killed way less than what I have spent over there in time and money. Yeah. And, and Illinois is not giving away their non-resident tax. No. So not butthurt, but, hurt, but <laughs> Bob Bob 
struck a chord with me. <laughs> he wasn't listening to what I was trying to say. I, I mean, I get it. it it's different. Yes. I was in by, it wasn't an outfitter hunt. It was a guy, uh, by the name of chase and, and another guy, Brooks, two friends that invited yep. me over had, two years ago, I think. Yeah. And I've been hunting occasionally. I'll go over. It's just a couple guys that, that have some great resources. They're not outfitters, but they have, they have some decent land over there. And so they invited me a couple years ago. I hunted, I think once that year, maybe twice I, I got over there that year. And I've never been able to really dedicate the amount of time I need to, to, to be there and, and put in the time to seat time, so to right. speak. And last year, uh, went over for, I think a hunt in, you know, after we killed, uh, in early November in Missouri, I, I went over there for one hunt and then I maybe came back, you know, later in the year for one more hunt. So just, just kind of couple times the last few years. Well, this year, since I killed early, relatively early with Holyfield, I thought, Hey, I'll actually get to spin the rut over there for the first time. And, and, Put in some seat time, you yeah. know, and see what we can do. And so did you earn Holyfield? <laughs> well, I guess it. I'd say in the case of Holyfield, me and several people like Scott and, you know, guys that have helped me through the years, Randy, you know, on the food, the food plots and the, the tree stands and all that. We yeah. all earned it. I'm I just, just happened to be the guy that take shot notes it. here. It was not. A, so Holyfield was also not a legit. <laughs> Apparently the, 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 this should be a whole different topic for the podcast of, of, of people kind of talking crap to other guys and, and girls on how they hunt and why, like I, I didn't break any rules. I, I you know, it doesn't meet I their the legitimacy tag, like, standard. Like, give me a break. <laughs> so it, it really does make it tough. Like it makes it tough to be happy about a harvest. It makes it hard to be proud of. Oh, what he was, he was not happy with the fact that I used the word harvest. I mean, it was one of those okay. guys, <laughs> you okay. know, you aren't going to make this guy happy. It's okay. It's fine. It's whatever. But you might point, you know, Hey, there's plenty of people out there on YouTube doing the types of shows that he likes. Apparently mm -hmm. go watch the hunting public, go yeah. watch the working class bow hunter guys. I mean, if I'm not fitting the, what your preconceived notion of a hunter is, that's great. No worries. Get the heck out of here. I you don't, don't care. Mine, but I don't make a big deal out of it. And and you hunt differently than I hunt. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hunt the way you do because I wouldn't be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not either. So <laughs> it's tough. Yes, you hunt hard. Uh -huh. Very hard. All right. So but, but who the, cares? The, yeah, there are so many there's so many options. Like I, when there are things in my life that I don't agree with, I just move on. Like I don't feel ah, back to politics. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel the need to pitch a fit about it. there's other options. And so, but I, but I, I'm, I'm really individual. digressing here. I get it, but it, it, you know, Bob, Bob, please legitimize his kill. No, I don't know. I don't please. want that. I'm not asking for that. It. No, I don't want that. Please. I don't want that. I just want him to stop attacking me in his comments. <laughs> Lay off the boy. He's a clean boy. Leave him alone. So anyhow, so went back over this year. Look, look forward to it. These guys are the nicest people you'll ever meet. And yes, I say that because they invited me over there <laughs> to hunt their ground that they did all the work on, but they're just, they genu genuinely are just good, wholesome people. Exactly what you would think of Midwestern. We had chase on the show yeah. last year. Yeah, sometime. that's right. He killed a giant giant over there and actually Brooks did too. They both killed deer over 200 inches last year on separate yeah. pieces of property. So yes, the dirt's great. And so anyhow, we had a 80 acre piece that over the last two years that I've hunted there, I've hunted this 80 acre uh, piece 
each time. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful spot. It's it's you know uh, grandma's place, what they call it, and um, and and so this year they have uh, standing corn on a food plot that they have. I don't know, a couple acres, a couple two, three acres, maybe okay. uh, it's probably bigger than that, maybe, but around there. And there's a, a muddy bulb line set up <clears throat> in the middle of this thing. And for you season, it's not just me. They're inviting over. They invite a lot of people to hunt. And so they had some youth hunters in that they were taking out. And so he, uh, he cut, he brush hogged some corn and carved out around the blind, like they're basically 30, 40 acre, uh, 30, 40 yards around the blind. So this, uh, child had kind of a, you know, a better chance of of making the shot. And then a couple shooting lanes, like down the corn to the timber. And, uh, so that's what we were sitting over. That that was probably three, four weeks ago, maybe a two, three, I don't remember when their youth season was, but anyway, so it had been brush hogged a few weeks back, but you know, when I looked at the forecast, so all along, I knew I was going to go over there on Thursday, Thursday night, not, not being able to hunt Thursday afternoon. So Mm -hmm. go over there late Thursday night and hunt Friday morning, Friday afternoon, come home Friday night. And cause Halloween was Saturday, wanted to come home and and spend it with family and the kids. And we were throwing a party and all the good stuff. So I wake up Thursday morning and as I do, I'm sitting there looking at the deer cast forecast, (laughs) doing my homework. I'm checking all my Reconic cell camera pictures and all that good stuff. Is this too graphic for you, Tim? I'm just thinking about the (laughs) six something o'clock texts I get from you. That's where I'm at. Okay. (laughs) Where I get all my best work done. (laughs) So I'm sitting there, I'm looking at deer cast and I'm checking the hourly and it changed, you know, it changes hourly. Cause it's made it, up. Yes. It's made up. So it's a uh, made up hourly. <laughs> and I just picture Mark and Terry back there, like yeah, with an abacus. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a big, like super computer from the sixties. They're pushing, pushing lighted buttons. buttons. <laughs> They're arguing this about it. like a good. Boop. No, I said, it's a great, no, it's a good. <laughs> you feel like radar scope going around yeah so they're, they're like the two guys on the muppets those two old guys oh, that yeah. are real angry yeah. all the time <laughs> can never remember waldorf and something yeah so anyhow so i checked the forecast it had changed overnight and the rain that it, it had been raining three or four days over there and, and uh in most of the midwest it was raining all last week and so i saw on the hourly it was going to be raining pretty pretty much through most of the day Thursday, but the last 30 minutes or so looked like the rain amount, the rainfall amount, precipitation amount was going to trail off. Sure. Uh, Man, if that happens and the temperatures were cold and that happens, these deer are going to move like crazy because they've been kind of pinned down for the better part of the week. So we, I text Scott said, make sure your stuff's ready. We're going to meet up at work. We're going to work through lunch and then about lunchtime right after lunch we'll hit you know hit it hit the highway and head east and go over to illinois so we go over there and you know it's a perfect setup because it's pouring i mean it poured on us the whole way over Mm -hmm. and as we got there no time to meet up with the guys or anything like we went straight to the spot and we you know it's starting to tail off a little bit and starting to mist. And so we jump into the blind and then it downpours again. It's pouring and Ugh. the movement sucks. And, yeah. and you know, so we got in probably like three 30, I think. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, right around five 30 ish, it started to tail off and it was like a light switch out of nowhere. And I'm not, I'm not lying out of nowhere. 
12 does or maybe like 10 does and a couple spikes or something like filed through from the timber through the shooting lane that he made <laughs> yeah. and deer, they love to use the path of least resistance. Sure. So they, you know, Mark and Terry talk about food plot architecture all the time and kind of mowing lanes or whatever to get deer from where they're bedding and where they're coming from mm -hmm. into where you want them to be. Sure enough, all these deer just file through all one right after another. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is awesome. Not one, Rack, real good rack anywhere, but yeah. great sign. Like there's 20 minutes, 30 minutes left of light. <clears throat> All these deer come from our west, which is to our left. And behind us is basically, there's no way for them to get behind us or very little way. And there's a pond to our east, to our right. And there's timber kind of all around us, but there's timber down to our right. Okay. Thick bedding area looking stuff. Like beautiful bedding area. And so anyway, so we're watching the does and all of a sudden demeanor changes. I look out to the right, to the east and big boy steps out and it was a no brainer. I had no trail camera pictures or no Intel over there. They just kept telling me there was a nice six by six there that okay. from the year before he didn't grow much. And he was a, just look for a six by six. Okay. You know, I hadn't seen any pictures. This deer was not a six by six. He come out. And the first thing I noticed were his gigantic brow tines. Sure. And the mass in general is like a no brainer. I, I was like, shooter, shooter, Ooh. shooter. And you know, we're, yes, we're scrambling. The circus. And, yeah. It's a goat rope in there and everybody's <laughs> moving everybody, me and Scott, and we're all moving and, you know, like trying to get adjusted. And I'm telling you, it wasn't seconds after he gets out, I'm looking at my right and he's assessing the situation. Yeah. Well, he comes from basically downwind. So he's got his nose up and if downwind of the does, he's not really downwind of us. And, okay. and so he bolts and I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, no way he's getting our wind. You know, I'm, I'm just like, what the heck? Well, he's chasing, he gets a whiff of one of these does yeah. and he chases her. I mean, it was so crazy. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I've seen rutting action and chasing. Sure. And not like this, this deer, not a big deer like this. He went nuts. Looks like someone shot him. Dude, it was, and Brooks, one of the guys that we were hunting with, he was like, when we watched the footage, he's like, he's acting almost like in the summertime when flies are getting oh, at, yeah, at a deer and they're, yeah. And they're kind of like, it's like a bronchin, you know, bull or something. It was crazy the way he was jumping around and moving and very erratic. And he was chasing, he chased this doe right underneath our blind. Like I'm talking like five steps, you know, Scott's doing his best to stay on him. It's, it's pretty chaotic. The windows are all up. At this uh, I point. had windows are all, Oh, windows were down when he was, when he first came out, I got the main front window up of okay. the muddy, muddy bowl. So yeah, the front windows open. Okay. And, um, He's running in circles. He finally stops at, there's like a licking branch kind of tree thing that they had set out at like 22 steps. He stops right past that, but facing us. Sure. And so I'm getting ready to open the vertical window because it's a perfect shot for yeah. me as far as like where he was standing, not sure. the angle. So I'm getting ready to open the vertical window to get ready to take a shot. I know where he's at. And then he bolts, he starts kind of like turning to the right, leaning to the right. And then he bolts to the left and he, he runs. I'm talking, this has all happened within a minute, you yeah. know, and he runs down this lane chasing that doe. And then, and then all of a sudden he runs back up to the right. And it's funny because Scott gets a brief glimpse of him in the camera of him running past the window, just a rack running past the window, downwind of us and out of the, like, out of our lives, what I thought might be forever. Yeah. I'm just like, holy cow.
did not just, we looked at each other like, what <laughs> just happened? What's going on here? <laughs> what just happened? And we kept, you know, we're tense and excited. And I'm thinking he might still come back out. He's acted so erratic. Like he yeah. might have chased her around and come back through. It's and, a mixed blessing in that scenario because he doesn't care about the blind no, no, no. that th- you guys are there. No, even if he no did idea. maybe catch part of your wind, yeah. but he's so focused on her that you just don't know what he's going to do. He had no idea. So that the, the, some of the does I think might've figured out that we're making all uh-huh. this <laughs> ruckus in there, but <laughs> a lot of movement. So anyways, we wait that, you know, um, uh, light falls and we, you know, the, the, the night ends and we go over to where we're staying and, you know, we're watching the footage with the guys and we're all excited. And Brooks like, man, you got to go back there in the morning. He's like, that's a, I'm not sure who that deer is. And it turns out he ended up, it was a deer he had from the year before and, yeah. and put on some mass. It didn't necessarily grow much otherwise, but definitely put on some mass and nice, yeah, at least a five and five and a half year old buck, at least. I mean, just mm-hmm. a good, beautiful his cape and his rack, kind of a chocolatey with that rain and stuff, you know, yeah. just beautiful looking deer. And he's like, you got to stay in that spot. So we went back in there the next <laughs> morning. Your arm. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause you know, you don't guide the guide. So wherever they're putting me, I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm there for, you know, whatever they want me to do. I'm, I'm there to shoot whatever deer they tell me to shoot. And you know, because they have a, a couple pieces. So, if they said, Hey, we got this management buck. We need to take him out. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm just there to have fun. I'm just more than thankful that they invited me. Whatever. Hey, hey Bob, Bob, he does what he's told. <laughs> he's writing down Bob, Bob as we speak. <laughs> so okay. anyhow, I go back in there the next morning, beautiful morning. It's bluebird sky. First time in a week mm-hmm. pressures going through the roof. Deer cast says great. And, um, and it's a it's a beautiful morning. We had great movement. Uh, saw a beautiful, I think four and a half, ten point kind of walk out, and a couple three year olds and a two year old. Like saw more racks that morning than any time. We saw five and a half at the end over at the timber, maybe a hundred yards briefly for a second, like a seven point, cool seven pointer, huh. and um, just not the deer we were in there after. Yeah. We stayed till probably eleven, and then got down when got lunch, and then um, jumped back in by. I meant we were probably in there by three o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock. Sure. And ready for the afternoon hunt. So conditions are still great. Pressure still through the roof. It's still bluebird skies. It's still low wind speeds. Great. Northwest wind. Really. I mean, it was a, it was a perfect day. And, um, so we go back in there, we're sitting and it turns out it starts getting a little warm. I mean, it starts to warm up a little mm-hmm. bit. It's like low fifties. And, uh, whereas the morning was cool in the thirties, you know, it was, sure. a, it was a great brisk morning. So anyhow, we sit there and the movements bad, like dismal. <laughs> so it's like, Oh man, we sat here one too many times, but then we're sitting there and I forget what time it was, but maybe four thirty or so my, Reconic cell phone app starts hitting, ding and ding, and I had a couple cameras set out over there, plus a couple cameras set not on the property property we were on, but a different piece. Okay, and then I had a couple on the on the lease, Missouri, and they all start. I mean, we're getting notifications left and right, left and right. And I'm like, I look at Scott, I'm like, man, they're, they're starting. And it was mature bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, not on a lease. It was cows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, because we joked about that. We're like, well, <laughs> we sure are in a different spot here. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's same story. New year, same story for the lease. It's the rut and the cows got out and they're in my food <laughs> plots. But anyways, uh, so 
big deer moving in Illinois. And it was, it was like amazing to me, the type of pictures, daylight pictures we're getting of uh-huh. a lot of good shooters. And I'm just like, we're texting the guys that, that we're hunting over there with, and we're all kind of comparing notes on movement, what we're seeing in, in the stand, sure. like visually seeing. And I tell Scott, I was like, man, it's got to happen. Like we finally see like three or four does pop out, maybe a two and a half year old, three, three year old buck or something pops uh-huh. out and it's slow. It's slow. And, I'm just like, man, all these deer moving everywhere else. Like you would think maybe not the deer from last night. He might be two counties away by now. He's still running, but maybe the six by six or who knows the seven point we saw this morning, whatever about that time. Scott's like shooter, you know, or I forget how he says like big deer. Scott, what would you say? Big buck coming up. He's coming up the side of the corn on the timber and he's coming in a way where he's quartering to us the entire way which i wasn't like excited about that but he comes up from the same kind of bedding area side that he came up from the night before just from a down the road down the edge of the temper further Mm -hmm. so he comes i throw up my little poles i'm like holy crap it's it's that deer from last night and uh so we're getting cameras on we're getting ready and he's walking he's got no care in the world He's looking at the does and he's kind of assessing the situation again. And he's walking towards us and he's probably 50 yards and closing. And I, on the vertical, on all the windows, I feel like I was going to have a way to shoot out of. Uh-huh. I leave one of the uh, knobs that kind of keeps them closed. There's usually three or four knobs. I leave one up, all of them opened except okay. for one where, so that way I only got to open up one make one movement on that one window. Hopefully. Well, I go to make it and I always open the windows up when we first get in, we clean them and do all that stuff and and work them a little bit. So there's no like popping Uh, or anything like that. When, when you do open them for whatever reason, and I had done that today, but this day, but for whatever reason, when I kind of slightly turn the knob, it popped. There's like three does right underneath us, five yards. They, and not like full blow, but kind of like, yeah, like scared uh-huh. and they jump out of there and they run probably 40, 50 yards. He looks up, he looks at them, he's looking around. So now he's on alert, but he didn't spook out of there. He's looking around and I kept the window shut. It's unlocked now mm-hmm. and it's cracked, but it's shut still. Yeah. And you know, Scott and I, you know, there's a lot of whisper don't, don't, don't yelling move. between the two of us to <laughs> each other. And you know, it's, it's tense. And so the does start feeding back up. He kind of gets calm. He comes, keeps coming in. He's still quartering too. He's still on the right side near the timber. And then he's, he, I mean, this is like five minutes. I'm not lying. Five minutes felt like, you know, an eternity. Yeah, no doubt. And still haven't opened a window, you know, don't want to spook him because he's halfway staring at us and he's staring at the blind. He's staring at the does. He's, you know, trying to figure out if there's danger or not, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And he just keeps coming and he feeds a little bit, but he's looking at this doe that there's not now another doe right underneath us to my right, to the east. Yep. And there she's kind of close to where she's downwind. Uh. And so the window's still cracked a little bit. And uh, so he goes left. So I open the window, I draw, and then he changes his mind. He goes right. So I let down and I'm tucked so far to the right because now like the window's open Mm -hmm. and I try not to open it. Mark, this is something Mark said years ago. He's like, don't open it until you're ready to shoot. Well, I was ready to shoot. He was walking to my shooting lane and he stopped. So now the window's open. So I'm trying to 
hide the best I can in the corner. Scott's hiding in the far left corner trying to film out of his window, which is still closed. And uh, so I can't see the deer. Only Scott can see him at this point. Mm -hmm. And then he finally, I mean, he had gone back and forth a few times over there. And then finally he commits and he starts walking left and I still don't see him. And Scott just says, draw, draw, draw. So I draw back and I'm, I got my single pin set at 30 yards uh-huh. and I kind of knew, Hey, the, this tree koi thing is 22. I kind of knew where 30 was the night before he was at 30. Cause I did have a chance to range in the night before. Like sure. I more or less knew where things were. And so I kept the, this is one thing everybody that shoots an eye, uh, a single pin tells me is, Hey, you, you know, if you feel like you're in an area where there might be 20, might be 40 or 35 or whatever, just set it in the middle. And then that way, at least you're close where you could go a little bit high or a little bit low and just know where your bow shooting high or low at 30. So that's what I did because I didn't want to, he, he was so erratic. I didn't want to then range one more time and then change my sight and then settle in. He'd have been moved by then. So I had it at 30. He walks past that tree koi. I, I draw and I'm like, I don't see him yet. And then finally I was like, okay, I see him. It's and a weird scenario to be at full draw without he, knowing, like yeah. without seeing the deer. Because my sight picture is really in that vertical window. I'm looking Pretty at narrow. maybe eight to 10 inches uh-huh. left to right. You're great up and down, but you know, left to right, I don't have a sky. lot of visual, you know, that I can have. Yeah. But anyway, so he walks in and I felt like he was, he was angled as he was walking away a little bit. So he wasn't really broadside. He was kind of quartering away as uh-huh. he's walking walking and I felt like he was walking further than 30. So I purposely aimed a little high thinking he was further out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I hit him high, not, not really high. It ended up being a double long, but higher than what I was aiming. I was aiming sure. for, no, I was aiming high, but I was thinking it was going to hit lower, like closer to the heart type yeah. of situation, like right in the V there basically. And so hit him where I hit him, the camera angle, because Scott was so far to the left, it made it look like he was maybe like broadside, maybe slightly quartering two. It just, the optics of it looked different from his mm-hmm. perspective. But for me, he was quartering away, hit the deer. I mean, I've kind of fall down to the blind, you know, like <laughs> exhausted. exhausted. I couldn't yeah. believe what just happened. And, and the deer is just a, such a gorgeous, pretty deer. Like it just kind of took it all out of both of us. And, uh, so we get down, we go look at the the arrow. It's sticking in the field. The nocturnals on Mm -hmm. lit up has good blood on it. We tipped in there, maybe 15 yards, follow the blood trail a little bit, 20 yards, maybe great blood. But the guys that own the ground, they wanted me to back out and come. It's 80 acres. They wanted me to, and that I'm not, I wasn't close to the property line, but they just didn't want, you know, us to push it or yeah, have any issue. It. So it's like, all right, we backed out. We went back to camp, uh, which was about 30 minutes away. We looked at it and they're all like, oh my dead deer. You know, everybody's excited. We go back in and it wasn't, he didn't run maybe nice. 70 yards yeah. total from where he was hit. And he, it was a pretty sight coming into the timber. Like his frame looked just gigantic. Uh, and you know, granted, I just haven't shot a lot of a big deer. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, to me, he was just a gi- giant. I, I loved his frame and those brows and the, the, like I said, the, the chocolatey looking yeah. rack and all that stuff. So well, when, when I watch the footage uh, in your deer cast now, 
to me, like that is the quintessential whitetail. He's just like the perfect model of what a white, what I think about when I think about a white, I, I love junky frames. Like that's all cool. But yeah. this guy is just perfect. Kind of sat up off his head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty, like, like a crown almost. Yeah. So anyways, that was the story. Did I deserve that deer? No. Sounds like Will no. I take that deer? Yeah. Yes. Bob, Bob. <laughs> it would be nice if you donated it to a music, like a children's museum. Okay. Well, we got the taxidermist that? now and the meat's being processed. I've got like, I don't know how many more like, uh, uh, they call dog? him Slim. No, I, I have it processed over there. And they, <laughs> Did this you guy ask for Oberly dog. No, no, like, I know better. But that? this guy, they call them Slim Jims over there. What, yeah, they, yeah, what yeah. the guy's making. So I got, I got the kids are taken care of. Lola's <laughs> covered. She just got sausage for days. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I was super excited, so thankful that they let us come over there and hunt. And um, I mean, it's just been a great year. Heck not yeah. not used to having years like this. Usually used to grinding it out you know, through the whole season uh-huh. like you are. And it's been nice. It's been a cool change of pace for once. Yeah. I can enjoy your family and not be on the road so much. Yeah. Now we talked about so, that. That's been the biggest difference is I've been home more this season than I have in the past few. Yeah. And like my daughter's birthday is tomorrow and which I never miss that. And I never miss Halloween, but it's nice to not have to have the pressure to get back out there for, for a few days today, you know, voting. I knew I wanted, uh-huh. I could absentee, yeah. but I wanted to vote in person. And that was something that I wanted make sure I did. Yeah. So whether I was going to kill a deer a few days ago or not, I knew on the third and the fourth and then this weekend for my daughter's birthday party on mm-hmm. the 31st, like those were dates I was going to be missing. So I was kind of stuck. I was going to be bouncing back and forth. It's nice yeah. not to have to do that. It's nice, not just for me, but for my wife, my family, not to miss anything. Because even though like last year, you know, maybe you were present, but when you still have a tag to fill, you're mentally still thinking through all the options and you may not mentally be present. It, it is a weird feeling. And even, heck, even with having the first two tags filled, you know, Wayno's coming in to hunt and I'm, you know, talking with Scott and him about what deer on the lease and on the river farm and what where he should hunt and, when, you know, what spots and what winds. And I'm still like glued to this Reconyx app and checking yeah, pictures. It doesn't end. It, did, it doesn't end. But, but the, but the physical presence yeah, is back and, yeah. and some of the pressures. Off. Yeah. The pressures is definitely, it's a nice feeling. definitely a different, different uh, feeling after having tagged that deer in Illinois. So you should just do this every year. <laughs> believe me. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish. So, you know, like I said, do I, do I deserve it? Probably not, but I'm very thankful for it. So, um, you know, that was the story. It was a beautiful deer. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, that night after the first night we saw it, I could not sleep, man. I just, <laughs> yeah, like, it just consumes you. Yeah. It would yeah. dominate your thoughts. <laughs> Is that in here? Right? I wish. Uh, I, don't. I think we have that sound bite. Uh, Stand by, folks. We'll play some elevator music while we look for the sound. Effect. I can't find it. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. someone that can read John Boggs from Kansas is wanting a little help with the question of the day today. All right. So the question of the day is probably brought to you by Tacticam. Share your hunt. Hi, my name is John Boggs. I'm from South Central Kansas. And my question is every year, early season through the summer, September, I have uh, pictures of bucks on my farms and inevitably every year end of September into October I have bucks disappear no pictures no sightings and then they show back up during the rut and I've heard Mark and Terry talk about this through the years they have bucks disappear in October show back up 
where do those bucks go? Uh, the neighbors. I've always just kind of wondered Simple. what happens. It happens every year on my farms here. I uh, always wondered uh, if you guys have uh, any thoughts on what, what happens to those deer. Thanks. It's, it's a good question. I think it's something that everybody relates to. And, you know, I, I think it is pretty simple. They're just wondering, you know, I, I just saw it. Um, I think an Instagram post from Greg Glessinger this morning where the, the deer that Casey Morgan shot his, his camera guy and his, his farm manager, he got once, once we put it up on Drew Outdoor social media, somebody reached out like a neighbor from a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. And that deer lived on that neighbor oh. all summer, you know, all fall. Yeah. And it's the time of year where they're dumb and they're going to go run and walk and sniff sure. and smell and go anywhere that they, they're two things lead them a nose and something else. And so then <laughs> don't give me that look. So it, it's just simple. Their, their home range grows right now. Yeah. Well, th- there's another theory. Um, and this is kind of where I lean more towards a little more complex, but what if deer are in interdimensional beings? He's and joking people. <laughs> because when you see them in the woods, they just magically appear, right? What if they're transitioning to a different dimension during like October and We're then have they to show cut this. up because are you in on this? Like, <laughs> are you part of the conspiracy? No. I'm White not. tails as interdimensional. Think about it. Yes, I thought about it. <laughs> I mean, Terry and Coondog did get moved by a UFO right. once, so anything's possible. <laughs> All right. So in general, though, I think they're just moving and they're going to come back. I, I got a, a deer that is the biggest deer on the lease, the one deer that I'd love to shoot, but he's disappeared. He's never on me during the bulk of the season. He yeah. is in the summer, is in the early season, and he is in the late season, never in the middle part of the season. His home range is different. Yeah. He just goes somewhere Which else. Which seems like it's a pattern. Yes. Early, late, and then middle is, you know, maybe they come to you or yeah. maybe they're leaving you. Yeah. But that's the, because I've got some bucks on camera from the summer that I'm not going to see I, until it, we get closer to Christmas yeah. time. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a a bad question, but I think it's probably something that happens to a lot of guys and, uh, or girls or whatever. And it just, it just, you just kind of got to put up with it. And I don't know that you're gonna, it's just random. It's a lot more random. And if, if they always disappear during that time, your only saving grace is that something new shows up and kind of fills that void. Um, you know, cause like at the least we got plenty of does. I mean, that's, I always felt like that was a saving grace there was that, we got so many does that some bucks are going to pile in to try to find an available uh-huh. doe to, to breed with. So, um, you know, do we probably have too many now, but at the beginning there, it wasn't that way. And, uh, I always felt like some new deer were showing up this time of year. My cameras are showing me like a couple nice deer that we still have. Mm-hmm. They're walking daylight, like all mid morning, all morning, all yeah. kind of up until lunchtime, they're moving all over the farm in the timber right now. It's crazy how much daylight photos I'm getting. The other thing that I, I guess I would, I would suggest to John is that uh, you also have to consider, are you hunting your piece too much? And maybe that intrusion from your hunting is impacting deer patterns and movement. Good point. I mean, you know, we, we don't hunt those couple timber spots that we have until the last week of October, we start hunting them and on the right winds and try to minimize how many times we're going in there. But mm-hmm. we only have two timber spots on that piece. Yeah. So 
the it's if it's north wind, we're hunting one side, and if it's south wind, we're hunting the other side, and that's all. That's the only choice I got. Sure, you know, in 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 the evenings, I got quite a few other options on field edges and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but not not for morning hunts where you want to be in the timber yeah. this time of year. So if we stay out until, I mean, that's not rocket science. A lot of, that's what, you know, the guys, Mark and Terry and yeah. guys who kill big deer always tell you, but crash in once you get to the end of October mm-hmm. and then the first, you know, nine, 10 days in November. And that's what we do. And we've had a lot of luck that way, kind of surprising them like, Oh, you're in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that Mark I know talks about is having years of history yeah. with deer to know that, okay, well, he was here in October. He wasn't here in December yeah. and, and playing, not necessarily MRI, but like annual MRI, I guess. He, he always says that you're, you're checking your cameras, not for what happened today, but what, for what's going to happen next year. Yeah. Not, not, that's not, not, um, really feasible for everybody though. Sure. So like on my farm, I don't really know. Every year, I feel like I have a hard time placing what deer. There's only a couple deer that I've known from year to year because uh-huh. they just all kind of genetically look alike. I mean, I can't discern unless there's something really unique about them. Mm-hmm. Like this two short deer, the split G2s. I know it's him. I got the sheds. And only reason I know this deer is because I can't kill him. <laughs> he really <laughs> suck at hunting. He's near so he keeps growing from year to year. But otherwise, like a four-year-old deer, like, I don't know who that... It's like the first time I really start paying attention to him. Yeah. And a five-year-old deer, it's like, I got to go back and look the year before. It's like, oh, it could be any of these three other deer. I I don't know. Sure. I seem to suck at figuring that out unless there's some unique characteristic about the buck. And then Mark, Mark and he's the king of it, but Mark and Terry both always seem to know, oh no, that's so-and-so or that's so-and-so. It's like, I can't do that. I seem to not be that good. Well, it's hard. They've got a ton of cameras out and they spend a lot of time focused on that. But I, I think this is one of the things that draws people to the podcast is that they we get suck. to hear things that we've heard from Mark and Terry. Yeah, yeah. Secondhand deer hunting information. Yeah, like we've <laughs> probably spreading false yeah, Mark, knowledge. If they listened, they'd be like, we never said that. Yeah, it's yeah. I, that very up, well could be, Tim. Straight up the wrong thing. Hold on. You suck, Matt. <laughs> Speaking of the wrong thing, how about the wildlife word? Yeah. Woo-wee. Brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the comprehensive Sentaway line of scent elimination products. Less of a word, more of a multiple choice question dealing with the top speed of a whitetail. Is it hmm. A, 30 miles an hour, B, 22 miles an hour, C, 42 miles an hour, or D, 50 miles an hour? Uh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to go with 22. B. They are a little faster than that. They are they're clocked at 30 miles an hour as their top speed. I think that's how fast that deer was going when Boing. he was chasing that doe the other night. He was going nuts. Just that literally top speed running like he was spooked. It was the strangest thing. I don't know if we're going to show any of the footage on. It's in DeerCast. I know it's on my DeerCast now. We showed the, and maybe even the journal, some of it in the journal entry. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So anyways, it was crazy. <laughs> so. I could I could believe the 30. I think he was doing it. No joke. They're fast. All right. Well, that's all, folks. Oh, we should say register. There's still time to register for the Can-Am hunt giveaway. Yeah. Two uh, separate things. So you can win a Can-Am or, and that drawing is in December. Yep. And or. And or you can win a hunt with Mark and Terry. 
it's a two day hunt with Mark in Missouri and then a two day mm -hmm. hunt with Terry in Missouri or which, whenever you tag out first weapon of your choice, add a lot accepted. Please. And, uh, out. we pull that one later, later on, but, uh, we want to make sure everybody has a chance to enter to win. So register in DeerCast. I, I think that's going to be my reply to Bob, Bob, because he's like, nobody ever invites me to hunt. I'm like, Hey, here you can put in to win a hunt with us. There you be go. Fun. And you should show up in camp. <laughs> visit for a little bit. Hey, he Bob, can tell you all the things you've Bob. done wrong. <laughs> Double Bob. You're uh, not a real so. hunter. I am aware of this. This is what the whole podcast is about. I'm bad. Built suck. a brand around this. Yeah, like literally. I, I know this, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so what if Bob Bob were one of us? It's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> He's logging in as Bob Bob. <laughs> this is guy. all starting to make sense. <laughs> He's nodding his head. He knows your every move. Yeah. It's like, we, I know you didn't earn know that. The enemy, the enemy is us. <laughs> he asked me if I hunt a public land. I'm like, no, I haven't. I know that's a slap on then the hand. Not I'm, real? I'm not a real hunter. I get it. Have you ever been on public land? Do you even know where public land is? I know where it's at because there's some... Just about everywhere you look in Missouri, that's that's the beautiful part about Missouri. I can't speak to the other states. I know there's some good stuff in Iowa too, but there are a lot of good options. And and I do have friends that hunt public land that have had a lot of good success. Uh, yeah. Heck, our friend Randy just killed in Minnesota, I think, on public land. Killed a hell of a buck. So, I mean, look, am I doing it? No. Am I pretending to do it? No. Am I lying to you <laughs> about what I'm doing? Pretend to hunt a certain way. <laughs> like, just I pulled know. up to the parking lot here. It's <laughs> like a lot of guys are already here. <laughs> Gonna walk to the way back side of it the property. Seems like that would be like a good parody. Uh, I think we should video. Do yeah, like just us walking around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got an invite from someone to go hunt some public land in Illinois, and and I was like, uh, I don't have hard enough time killing deer on the private ground I have access to here in Missouri. I'm not gonna take a well. One thing that people prospecting don't trip. really know, and I, I don't know how the hunting public guys do it. Maybe they get special permission or whatever, but. It, several states that we hunt in, you cannot hunt for profit on those states, which by definition, our company does this to make a profit it is and a be business. a company and employ people and it's yeah, a business. And so we have sponsorships and all that stuff. So there's, I know Missouri is one of them. You cannot, you just can't do it. So, um, I, I don't know if Iowa or, or Illinois would be in that same, um, uh, ilk, but anyhow, it's not, not every state you can actually hunt public land and do what we do. Right. Not right. that that's an excuse. I mean, it's not my excuse, but, but we get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. So yep. anyhow, okay. why don't we shut this baby down? Please stay tuned next week for episode 182, where uh, we don't we'll ask the game question. Plan yet. <laughs> Are you going to eat that? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> actually about well, we're not to rifle season yet, but here in a couple of weeks will be the rifle season talk. Me gonna start hunting bucks again. <laughs> Orange Army activate. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Be careful. Hope you're having some fun rut hunting action, even though the weather's fixing to get real warm. They're still moving as of right now. Get out there. Be safe. Love you. Peace out. That was the longest clo closing ever. <laughs> Also, I hope you guys are having fun. And then, and then, one time a band camp. Also, <laughs> every hunt starts with a game plan, like knowing when and what to plant. So get DeerCast and get ahead of your game. <laughs>